and welcome to the July 13th, 2017 edition of the Science Fiction Club meeting. And this month we've changed our format a little bit and we're going to talk about books that we've read either recently or long ago or any time in between and whether we liked or disliked. We didn't have a book for this month, so we're going to see how this works out. So we're just going to go around and people can talk about whatever they liked or didn't uh, in any book that they've read. We just want to try to keep people to one book, at least at first, so everybody gets a chance to participate. And then if there's time, you know, people can talk about whatever they want, because that's what we do it. Okay. You're really loud, though, Lila. That was, I, I didn't mention it because I was trying to welcome, but you were really loud there. Well, I guess I'll be the one to start, unless somebody else wants to. Well, I can take a quick stab at it. As I said, I hadn't thought I was going to be here this uh, this time because we were supposed to be going away, but we didn't. So I didn't really have too much time to go into a book in, in depth, but I had downloaded a while back a book called Endangered Species by Gene Wolfe, and I thought it was going to be very uh, some good science fiction dealing with, from the title, different species or aliens, and it turned out to be very disappointing. I haven't read it all. It has 30 stories, and most of them seem to be more like fantasy. Uh, I took a quick look at the book review on Amazon, and they said a lot of them are all are, um, use fairy tale uh, subjects of his stories. So to give you one story that I just read yesterday, which is so curious, it's a story that this narrated in the first person about this person who was born without a head. And he describes, you know, where his eyes are on his stomach and everything. And then he meets this girl and, and they, in the dark and that sort of a relation. But it was, I don't know, all in all, I, I wouldn't, especially given the fact that it's not, it, it didn't deal directly with science fiction, I would not recommend the book. I, um, I respect Gene Wolfe a lot. And I liked the book of the New Sun a lot. I read it twice, and I might even read it again someday. But, and I liked the Long Sun, the sequels to the New Sun. But his short work, I tried reading. I don't remember if it was that book or a different book because his stuff's in anthologies too. And a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it, I feel like I'm taking a quiz and failing. Like I don't know what he's, you know, driving at or what he's doing or what he's talking about or. It's not like it's so technical or so such hard SF or something. It's just opaque or oblique or something, and it's just I don't know. I couldn't. I can't get into it very much. There's even some of that in the New Sun, uh, but you can. It's a novel, so you can get. You know, you don't have to worry so much about it if you don't get every little detail of everything. But in a short story, that counts. I mean, everything counts. Um, For me, the New Sun was way too violent. So. Um, it was, uh, um, and so that's that's my feeling about Wolf. So I wouldn't even tackle endangered species. I don't think because I just don't. I don't know. He's he's not all SF, and he's definitely not hard SF. And he's you know in the borderline. And some of his stuff is horror, and some of it's you know. But a lot of it is just I don't know, too obscure or something. I don't know. Okay. Is anybody else have any more comments? I mean, I figure I can probably start mine, which is going to be short, but it's it's whatever. Harry, just go ahead. Oh, okay. I didn't know how you were going to do this. Um, I read A Miracle of Rare Design by Mike Resnick, and funny thing is, I took 
two pages of notes on it, and I didn't want to deal with the notes because I think it's easier if I just sum it up pretty good like Martin did. It's essentially about this man who travels to different planets to try to convince the aliens to let this military organization that he's part of come in and do mining of their environment to get precious metals and stuff. And although the man likes to learn of cultures, say, from the outside and observe the aliens and stuff, and he does have orders from this military bunch that tell him what they need him to do, his passion is to learn what he can about cultures, just to appreciate them. And he figures out that the best way to do that is to do it from the inside, to actually become the species that he's studying. And so what happens through most of the book is that he convinces these medical people to either use genetics or something, I'm not sure exactly what, probably genetics, because they have to have at least three or four of the species to figure out what he's going to be becoming and and all that kind of thing and how their metabolism work. Um, So anyway, this book is about the different species that he goes to and, and not only tries to convince them to do what the um, humans want, but also he wants to learn the cultures. And it's basically about, basically about all the invent- adventures that he has while he's traveling around. And I mentioned one of the most unusual species that he comes across is a species of um, these rolling beings that are just kind of weird. They, they um, roll around to get to places. They're slugs, actually. They don't have hands. They don't have arms. They don't have eyes. What they have is a big sticky tongue that comes out and senses the environment. And they don't have legs. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, But they do have feet that come out so that when they're rolling and they want to stop, then they can. These little feet come out and so they can plant themselves somewhere. But nobody knew if this species of slugs was intelligent or not. And so he wants to find out if they are, so he becomes one of them. And one thing also that they can do is they can spin webs. But I'm not going to tell you what that's used for other than to trapping, uh, trapping different, um, different species that they want to eat or whatever. But the other thing I'm going to give you a clue about is that the personalities of all these four or five different species gradually become part of this man. So when he comes back to being human, and there's only a limited number of times that he can change into something and then come back, comes back to being human, he's not the same that he was before he went on all of these journeys to these planets. So I had an absolute blast with this book. I just loved it. I sat, I think I read the whole thing in about oh, six or seven hours or however long it was. I read it in one day because I couldn't quit. So that's A Miracle of Rear Design by Mike Resnick, and you might want to check it out.
I do have it on my book sense. I have been wanting to read it. It said that there was, I mean, the, the dust jacket info is one of the longest I've ever read because it talks about how he was he was discovered or thrown out and he had to get, he got re-altered or altered uh, indifferently so that he could come back because, you know, they threw him out or something. And, you know, and I was very curious about it. I am going to read it at some point in the not-too-distant future. Can you guys hear me now? Is that better? That's perfect. Perfect. That um, kind of book reminds me of, um, oh, who was that guy that wrote the hospital books, the alien hospital? Um, um, someone white, you guys will know. James White. Yeah, hospital station. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of that, kind of. Um, I'm definitely going to get that. That sounds like a good book. Um Mary, you just gave me a book to put on my to-be-read list. Thank you. Is that book available on Bard? Yep. I think all the um, James White books are available on Bard. There's several of them. And uh, they're quite good. They're a little outdated, but they're quite good. And uh, it's an interesting premise, too, that, you know, there's this hospital ship or station or whatever you want to call it out in the middle of space and all these different people aliens come and, and stuff that's it's a very interesting book um may i tell you about my book uh just one comment there are a lot of books by james white that are not on bard you will have to go to bookshare to get them go ahead ann thank you and uh thank you for welcoming me i'm here for the first time in I don't know, years, I guess. Um, I started out belonging to all three uh, mystery, science fiction, and fantasy book clubs. And I <laughs> I discovered that I just couldn't read three books in a month that people wanted me to read. And I, I just couldn't do it. So I gave up the science fiction, but now that you're on this format... Um, because I do end up reading science fiction during any given month. But um, anyway, my book is Emergence by David Palmer. It's on Bard, and it's 24565. Um, and I enjoyed reading it because the story is about what happens. Of course, it's you know one of these dystopian kind of books or end-of-the-world books, or whatever you want to call it. Um, there's a plague in how the, um, how the people that are left find each other and how they um, realize that they are not just human beings, but they have been enhanced. And they discover that they have various uh, powers. They have... Uh, superhuman strength and um, the one main character discovers that she is a budding telepath and um, it's all very interesting and um, it's you know your classic end of the world hard science fiction um, you know what do we do now kind of a book but um, I found it interesting and I uh, I enjoyed reading it so that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. 
Hey, Anne, isn't there a series on on TV, or wasn't there a movie or something about that? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, there might have been. I I don't know. But if there was, I I don't know anything about it. Um, it would be good for a TV series. I mean, you could you could easily do that. The way the book is arranged and stuff. Um, yeah, you you could do it if you if you uh, you know if you if you wanted to. It's it's um, well, you can tell by the book number, but it's it's a fairly old book. I mean, not that old. I mean, it's 1980 some, but um, it's it's interesting. I I enjoyed reading it. I read that when it was serialized in analog. We actually talked about it at the club at least once or more than once. It was one of those ones that we talked about reading, but we never got, wasn't picked for whatever reason. And there, I'm pretty sure there is a sequel, at least one. I don't know if, how many, but I'm pretty sure there's at least one. I'd have to look it up and post it on the list later um, to be sure, but... Um, I'm pretty sure there's a sequel, though. But I like the first book, and I, I didn't think there should have been a sequel. I thought it was a fine book the way it was, and but I guess it was successful enough for, I don't know, maybe you got a good offer for it or something. I don't know. I'm cynical, I guess. But anyway, it was a good book. I, I did like the analog serialization, and it was very popular with the readers also. It's written in a style. It's written from the point of view of Candy, the 11-year-old, and she omits most of her articles, so you don't get a lot of ands and thes, and so the the writing style is compressed, but you get used to it pretty quickly, and after a while it seems perfectly natural when you're listening to it for, you know, uh, 20 minutes or a half hour or something. You don't even, you can hardly notice it, and, and the writing just goes, you know, flows on. Might I suggest that with everyone coming up with a different book and then there being discussion about the book afterwards. It's a little hard to tell one is when one is just welcome to jump in with to, to tell about the next book. So might I suggest that the moderator call on the next person when it's time for the next person to talk about his or her book? Um, well, I... <laughs> As I, I had a comment about emergence, and I seem to remember reading it way back in the 1980s. And Volunteers of Vacaville did it, and I remember getting really hooked on that book. I don't, I don't know if there was a sequel. There might well have been, but I really enjoyed that book also. Oh my God! I haven't heard about the Volunteers of Vacaville in decades. They were great. I really enjoyed their stuff. Um, and I belonged to a couple of their book clubs, and I got their tapes and everything. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I don't want to hold up the hold up the road here. Uh, so, Roger, you sound really good. You got a great microphone there. I gotta say. So, uh, if you want to talk about your book next, we can. If you're ready, we can do that because uh, you'd really sound good. Okay, I just wasn't really sure when it was appropriate to just jump in. In any case, though, I wanted to tell you about an anthology. It is edited by Robert Silverberg. 
it's called Universe 2, and we can thank Evan and Lizzie for sending that to me so that I can scan it. I did scan it for Bookshare, and it is currently out for proofreading, so it's not quite available yet. And it seems to be a rather obscure book, and I'm not sure why it's so obscure. I was only the seventh person to rate it on um, Bookshare, only the seventh, and it's been out since 1992. It seems that Perry Carr edited a series of anthologies, the universe one, universe two, universe three, etc., and then died. And Robert Silverberg took over and started the numbers all over again, back with number one. And this book was the second one in the series. Um, published in 1992, like I said, the authors represented were top SF authors of that time. The all the stories are really high quality, very well written, and like I said, the authors are all well known. So the question is, why is it so obscure? Well, I don't know. Maybe it just wasn't promoted properly. But to give you some highlights of some of the stories, there is one, don't expect me to necessarily remember the titles of these, but there is one in which it seems to be apocalyptic in which the, the highest technology is the flintlock gun and these flintlock guns are used against a group of people who are essentially slaves who are being made to be computer parts they sit at tables doing calculations you have one person who is a multiplier another person who is an adder, another one who is a subtractor, and so on. And there are many, many, many such calculators on hand, all working together to recreate what a computer would do. That's one. Another one, I do remember the title of this one, it's called The Cool Equations. It is based on a science fiction classic called The Cold Equations. Most of you have probably read that a story about a spaceship that has a stowaway on it. And all the math shows that the spaceship is not going to get to its destination and the passengers are not going to survive unless they get rid of the stowaway, as in being thrown overboard. This one is a little different, though. It's about a couple of women who have a car parking business in New York City where it is really, really hard to find a parking space. But they have no problem at all finding a parking space if you pay them to do it. As it turns out, they are transporting these cars through hyperspace or something like that to a parking lot out in, I think, Colorado or Wyoming. Very quick trip, and they can bring it back real quick, too, except they can't have stowaways. And one guy wants to know how they are parking these cars, so he stows away in his own car. And, well, um, they'll have to die unless they get rid of a lot of excess weight 
by stripping down the interior of the car entirely, throwing it out, and finally they strip themselves naked in order to survive. That's one. Um, others, let me see, there was a story about a guy whose wife has disappeared on another planet somewhere, and he goes looking for her and finds out that the aliens who live there, when they die, the other aliens eat their brains and somehow incorporate their memories and their memories live on while the guy's wife had fallen through a crevice and gotten killed and her brain got eaten and she's part of the alien community now um others well trouble is trying to remember these I finished scanning this about a month ago but like I said very high quality stories and once it gets onto Bookshare I would recommend grabbing it and reading it, but right now it's out for proofreading. Well, I wish they'd hurry it up because I love, love, love Silverberg's anthologies of stuff. So you have gotten me hooked, and thank you very much. Yeah, that uh, that human computer, there was a series, or at least one or two books, um, um, written by a guy, and they're on Bard, too. This sounds like a similar kind of story. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Sean something. He's from Australia. and Something about the calculor, something like that. I can't remember. I read the first one, and I wasn't... I don't know. It just didn't stick with me that well. I like more high-tech stuff, but um, I can't remember his name now. I'll have to go look it up after the meeting, if I remember. But uh, it probably isn't the same author. I mean... um, that kind of using people as computers is kind of actually comes from history. I mean, there were a lot of women hired as computers. They were called computers, actually, before computers were made. And they actually sat at tables. And I don't know if they were divided up into those kinds of functions or not, specifically. But there were actually women called computers back well. in the 19th century and... I guess the early 20th century. That's what I recall reading. Anyway, um, Sean McMullen, I think his name was, it just came to me, who wrote these Calculor books um, uh, about uh, people being used in big computers. I think that's what they were. Anyway. As a matter of fact, you reminded me of what they called these computer parts that were individual human beings, they were called calculars, and I still don't necessarily remember the title of the story, but I think that might have actually been it, possibly calcular or something similar. Yep, and it might have been Sean McMullen then, that might have been the guy who wrote it. Um, so, yeah, Silverberg did, you know, he was a good editor, and, you know, I used to read Asimov's and liked his reflections column. He was uh, he's, he was always very insightful, and he liked Olaf Stapleton a lot, so he was always a good man in my book. Even though some of his work I wasn't a big fan of, but still. Well, I will discuss my book, or tell about my book. My book has a little background to it. When I was a kid, um, I watched a movie, and it was called Anna... To the infinite power. Well, and I can't believe I never did this until now. 
but the, the movie really stuck with me. And um, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to look for this book. Well, it's on Bookshare, it's also on Bard, and I think it's also on Audible, which, and probably on Kindle as well, but I didn't look there. Um, but what it's about is <clears throat> the author is Mildred Ames, and it's about this little girl named Anna, and she is, um, oh, how old is she? Eight? I think she's eight years old. And the movie is actually very good. Um, the book and the movie actually are both very good, which isn't usual. Um, but anyway, she's eight years old, and she's a real brat. I mean, her brother, who is, um, well, I think, seven years older than her, really doesn't like her. Um, she's just a spoiled brat. Her mother spoils her rotten, and her father's just, you know, whatever. And, and the deal is this. Her mother and her are very into science and physicist work and stuff like that. And her father and her brother are both into art and music. And so um, they live in this futuristic complex. And we find out that this Anna little girl is a part of a project, a scientific project. Um, And the reason we find out this is that they go, her and her brother go somewhere where they shouldn't go. Um, Usually when they go somewhere, you're supposed to look on the computer and it'll say, yes, you can go there, or no, no, don't go there, there's demonstrations, there's um, too much of a traffic jam, you'll be late, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so they end up going somewhere where they shouldn't because they didn't look at the, her brother didn't look at the computer. Well, um, there's this girl, and she's in a clothing store where they're at. And at this time, her brother and her are in a fight. I'm not telling you what this story's about so that it, you can read it if you want to. But her brother and her are kind of in a fight. And so her brother goes into this clothing store, and she she comes to meet him. Well, they end up finding this girl looking at clothes, and the brother grabs her arm, and he says, What are you doing here? You're supposed to be, you know, at your uh, history or whatever. And she says, Like, who are you? She looks exactly like Anna. Well, Anna comes, and she says, Hey, are you my twin? And they both have the name, the middle name, of Zimmerman. Her last name is Hart, and the other girl's last name is something like Nelson or something like that. And, like I said, they're a part of a scientific project. And for those who are into science, I bet you can figure it out. Lissy thought the other woman's name might be Soul, so then you'd have Heart and Soul. No, I don't think so. That's a good one, though. Oh, and also, little something to sweeten the pot here. Um, Anna ends up having dreams. And when she wakes up from these dreams, they seem so vivid. 
she ends up seeing another person that looks like her on the news in that dream. That was a joke, Leela. We were just she just came out with that spontaneously. There was there was it was just a joke. I knew that. That was kind of funny. I don't think I would have thought of that, by the way. Um Oh, okay, keep go going. ahead. Yeah, 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 keep keep going. We're just just goofing off here. Keep going. I mean oh, unless you're done. You don't want to spoil no, it. Oh she's not done. Oh she's not done? Okay, keep going. No, actually, um let's see. Yeah, I am done. And it's called, like I said, it's called Anna to the Infinite Power. And this book was um, really old. It was also in the 80s. And I remember seeing that movie in the early late, early to mid-80s. And um, like I said, she's a brat. She's a really spoiled brat. And she's a part of a science project. Uh, her actually, her and her mother are part of a, part of a science project, and <laughs> her father doesn't know it, but he is too. And her father and brother are kind of kept in the dark until later on, and they find out about this project, and they're like, "What?" Her father's like, "You didn't tell me," and she's like, "No, no, no! It was just for the science of it." And uh, it's it's really actually. An interesting, interesting, and scary, uh, thought-provoking book. Well, I guess I'll go next. I've been looking for light, almost cozy reading books. Um, And just a couple of weeks ago, Bart put two books up um, concerning this Space Legion I guess you'd call them a platoon or a company. And the name of the first book is Fool's Company, and that's P-H-U-L-E apostrophe S, company. It's about a very rich guy who joins a space legion, uh, does something really stupid and gets court-martialed. So they, as a punishment... They assign him as the commander of this group of misfits, and it describes what he does to make the misfits uh, act more like a military company. Um, it just has some really hilarious scenes in it, like this uh, company is assigned to a swamp planet, and their duty is to stand guard over these miners that are looking for these really rare gems and they're only found in swamps and they come back from the swamp and he's booked them into the best hotel on the planet and they come walking in with covered in mud up to their shoulders and you know they've got a really persnickety or I'm not sure that's the right word hotel manager that is just horrified by all of this. You know, it's not much science fiction. I think it's only science fiction because they wanted to be, it was a space thing, and there are three aliens in it. Um, but it's mostly just light reading, and I really enjoyed it. Who wrote it? You would ask. The guy's name sounds like Aspirin. I have no idea how you spell it, 
but it's only been a couple of weeks. I think if you can, uh, I think if you just do a lookup on the word company, you'll probably find it relatively quickly. Robert Aspirin. Yeah, I actually think it is spelled like aspirin. I could be wrong, but it's Robert Aspirin. Yeah, I know. I kind of suspect it, but uh, it, I, I don't remember this book, but it kind of sounds, he does that kind of lighter stuff. But yeah, it's Robert Aspirin. I remember seeing it in Braille when I was looking it up um, a few weeks ago, because I remember seeing it on BARD. It's A-S-P-R-I-N, I think. Oh, Anne, sorry, I just, I think you were going to talk. No, that's all right. I I was going to say Robert Aspirin, and you already did, so I figured I didn't have to repeat what you said, so that's okay, not a problem. And I think, I think I did read that, um, something by him long ago, um, and I remember liking it, so, um... I like stuff on the lighter side too. I I really do. Um, every once in a while, it's it's good to read that kind of stuff. Um, so, yes, and you do, and you make good suggestions. Then you don't come back to discuss them. I am talking about your Elizabeth Moon suggestion. That was those were some really good books. I have to tell you, I think. It's been so long I don't quite remember all about them, but uh, I think I read the whole series, and they were very, very good. Um, what was her name? Oh, gosh, I can't even... If I hear her name, I'll remember, but it's it's it's, it's pretty light. It's pretty funny, um, and I think we actually read one of them as a club. Yeah, was well, that the one with the rich father who gives her a ship and... And uh, she's a trader or something. T r a d e r. That is. And she, but they give her this. And but it's just you know the crew is they they don't really expect her to run things, but she does run things. And she runs into the. She decides to do some deal on her own, and she gets mixed up in this war on this, you know. And uh, but she gets out of it in the end. And uh, any is is that the one you're thinking of? It might be. Um, but there are two, uh, Elizabeth Moon wrote two science fiction trilogies, uh, well, two science fiction series and a bunch of very, very good fantasy books. Um, but the one you're talking about, Evan, is the, uh, the Vada War series. Um, what is her name? Uh, Cass or Kel or... I can't. I can't remember. Um, I'll think of it at midnight. I promise not to call you. Um, but the other, the other good series is the um, science fiction series. Is the Serrano Legacy, which is not on Bard. It may be on Bookshare. Um, I know that uh, Graphic Audio has it um, because that, those are the copies that I have, I, which I borrowed from somebody. Um, but, uh, yeah, Elizabeth Moon, excellent author. Is it Kylara or something like that? And, yes, it was a Vata series I was thinking of. Yes, yes, Kai, Kylara Vata um, is her name. And uh, she does all this stuff, and, and uh, 
ends up uh, falling in love with the, uh, you know, with the with the son of the the richest uh, combine in the universe, and you know this and that and the other, of course. Um, but it's uh, there are some very funny scenes in there. Um, oh my yes. <laughs> Um, so, yes, that was the one, the Vada War series. Um, the Serrano Legacy, I think, is, is her best science fiction. She also wrote something called The Speed of Dark, which I couldn't get into. It's, it's all about this guy who is autistic and, um, how he ends up doing stuff and, um... I don't know. I just couldn't get into it, but I may I may go back to it. I still have it, but uh, I I started it and it didn't uh, it didn't click. So, first of all, um, for those who are new, like Roger, feel free to jump in whenever you like. Um, no need to wait. We're just kind of a you know, anybody can talk at any time, so you're fine. I just wanted to welcome you. Secondly, I think we read that for the club, and that was a really interesting book. Um, I think it was the one they did a, an experiment or something, and because, uh, yeah, he was autistic, and they did this experiment, and uh, I think he ended up going into space or something like that, and there were some people who didn't make it, who uh, were basically kind of reverted back to babies and stuff like that. Yeah, we have some structure, but we're fairly freeform also. So don't wait for you know, don't wait for a cue. Just jump in whenever you can, whenever you want, if you can. Um, yeah, no, I don't remember doing that one, Leela. We did the first Vada book, which I didn't like that much. I didn't think there wasn't much imagination in it. But um, um, Lissy and I want to do our book before it gets too late. Um, we read, go ahead, Tweety. We read a Star Trek book, Windows on a Lost World, and we're kind of mediocre about it. By, by, uh oh, uh, I don't remember. Something like some guy. That's all I can tell you. Some guy. Well, and it's such a lukewarm recommendation <laughs> on his part that he doesn't care that much. I don't care, right? It was not. It was okay. I mean, it was an interesting plot, but um, go ahead. It could have been shorter. I liked it in that it would have translated well as a classic Star Trek episode, but it certainly didn't break new ground. Um, I I look for things that show emotional and personal growth, and it showed a wee bit of that, <laughs> but its main value is that it, you're spending time with characters that maybe you have, if you're a Trek fan, you've come to love over the years. Yep. It concentrated on Kirk and Spock and McCoy, uh, a wee bit of Scotty, and some, some Chekhov. Sulu and Uhura were pretty much out of the mix. Um, it involved going to a planet that, and, and cooperating with a a, a planet of uh, what do you call those Am like Amazon women, you know, a, a matriarchal society. Well, there was an alien there that was from yeah, that she, society. Yeah, she represented a planet of, that was a matriarchal society, and sometimes those aren't 
portrayed very let's give in her a very a, complimentary way because let's give them a plot summary first and then uh, okay <laughs> no plot summary i have to tell it the irish way okay um anyway um there they find artifacts that eventually it, the book gets its name because it's sort of as if they go through a window and they are there they lose their human form and their personalities are placed in in the kind of huge beetle shaped alien form but the problem is that the consciousnesses kind of war with each other so the the humans kind of lost the alien is confused and it turns out that these are pretty much artifacts from a alien a very aggressive alien race that has now disappeared and that race when it expanded it annihilated the life forms on whatever planet that it um that it contacted it kind of reminds me of us you know the idea that the europeans in america wherever we wanted to expand to we had the right to wipe out the civilization that was in our way so that's pretty it's pretty sad you know and it, and the the um the alien life form would they would the infants were men and if they survived long enough they could eventually evolve to be the so-called women and it turns out that this alien society was also matriarchal um, the the problem in the book is how to retrieve the the enterprise crew members who have been transformed which includes Chekhov and the alien woman and and how to get them back into their own shape and also and Kirk yeah oh, he was right. the main character true um of course he figures out see these these aliens have a higher brain and a lower brain and the lower brain is the instinctual kind of uh and it's all and it's programmed with all the information it needs to fulfill its function in society see they they figure out finally that after a long effort to uncover these artifacts which were shielded almost so carefully that they almost went undetected by some other alien race and they finally figure out why because the the original race the click or whatever they're called were so aggressive that some other race came along later and tried to cover up the artifacts that were still working but they find these windows and whenever you go through it you get transported to another part of the planet and you are converted to one of their alien beings and your lower brain is programmed with everything you need to know but the upper brain is like where the intelligence and the consciousness are and so Kirk of course he's the only one that do, does this he he wakes up and realizes that he's in a different body and then he starts uh, you know he manages to com start communicating with Spock and of course then of course they start figuring out how things work and of course Spock goes through because he can't operate the machinery in his human or his uh, Vulcan human like form so he becomes a crab like being so he can operate the machinery and he almost doesn't make it back because his alien physiognomy is uh, 
you know, when he went through the transporter, when he went through that transporter and became a crab, his copper in his blood causes him to get sick in the crab form because apparently it malfunctioned or didn't know how to handle it. Anyway, they all live happily ever after in the end, of course. But um, And the matriarchal woman decides his... That they needn't be quite as aggressive. Well, the matriarchal woman was part of a, an archaeological team that came to uh, examine these artifacts on this planet. It was almost like two hundred thousand years old, and she's part. She's part of this alien race that's uh, part of this archaeological team, and she's very uh, egotistical and thinks men are inferior of all races. So anyway, that was basically the the plot and of course they get everybody back and you hear the cliches you know I'm a doctor not a marine biologist or whatever because they want McCoy to dissect one of these beings that dies because it can't go it has trouble going through the transporter um, the, the enterprise transporter it goes mad for some reason and, and it dies when they stun it and so you get to hear some you know McCoy and Spock arguing you know the way they always do and stuff and so it, it was kind of comfortable in that sense, but it wasn't a real good, you know, book in that, you know, in other ways. But it was okay. If you like the characters and stuff, you'll like it. I have a couple comments before we uh, give up the mic to whoever else wants to talk. And one is that I really enjoyed this today, and I wonder if anyone would volunteer to make a list of the books that were discussed um, this evening. I mean, we could always wait for the archive to come out and listen to that, but it would be nice. And I don't know whether, Ann and Roger, whether you know that we have an email group that Mary set up where we can chat with each other between meetings. And, and it's it's very, it's not a high-traffic list, but it's a very nice list. And um, also, if there are any books that were mentioned that aren't on Bookshare, if anybody wants to email me and, you know, Kind of that that's how I search for new books for for to acquire for us to scan and proofread so um. well we're in luck I've actually got part of a list um, I missed uh, Marshall's book and I missed Martin's book and wait, do I have Mary's book for some reason, all the M's. I've missed your books. <laughs> Is this email group hosted on a particular site like uh, Yahoo Groups or Free Lists or something like that? It's on emissives, and it's a private group because we didn't want a bunch of people coming in who weren't part of the club or maybe... Uh, we've had a couple of situations where somebody came in and they didn't participate or do anything and they finally gave up and left because they weren't really part of our group. But it's on emissives. And uh, right now I'm my mind is pretty wiped out, so I can't even really think of how to subscribe. <laughs> I should know that because I'm moderator. But anyway, it is on emissives. Okay, I was, I was jotting them down. I'm not sure how correctly I spelled them. The only one I didn't get was Evan, the last book that Evan was talking about right now. But I have, a, I have sort of a, a concern, and that is hearing all these great books, which they sound good. If one were to go out to read them, then you wouldn't have time to read a new book that hasn't already been discussed. So 
let's assume I were to read the book that Mary talked about. Could one come back and talk about it, even though Mary had already spoken about it before? Why not? Because it's a different opinion, different thought, different discussion. Exactly. That's. I was just going to say that. I mean, it's a different person, a different view. So, uh, absolutely, because uh, if I read Miracle of Rare Design this month, I'm going to come back and talk about it. If I have, if I do read it, I'm not sure what I'm reading yet, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we discussed this in our last meeting. I'm kind of surprised it came up, came up again, but yeah, we pretty much agreed about that. Might I say that having to read a particular book by a particular time strikes me way too much of being back in school and having to follow class assignments and such. So, to be honest, this new format of Bring Your Own Book is largely why I showed up here tonight and haven't, I believe this is only the second time that I ever showed up for the science fiction discussion group, but that has a lot to do with why I did show up tonight. Well, we hope that you enjoyed it and we hope you come back again because you are very, um, your microphone is very well and, um, I liked what you had to say and share. Absolutely. I agree. So I'm working on Red Dust, but I'm not going to talk about it yet because I'm only a third of the way through it. I meant to get further, but I am I read a lot of nonfiction nowadays, and I'm caught up in some nonfiction stuff. So um, I'm not getting that science fiction done as much as I was. Uh, so I'll talk about that next month or... If I get Diaspora done, which I've been waiting for a long time, I don't remember it well, but I enjoyed it a great deal. If I get that done, I'll talk about that instead. But I will definitely have something to talk about in the farther out realm next month. Yeah, I think this turned out really well, and it's it's so interesting to see what people came up with. Plus, if you don't happen to have time to read a book that month, you can talk about one of your favorites that you read 10 years ago or something. Because usually the favorites tend to kind of stick in your head. Um, I may do that a couple of times, but there's so much that I want to read, and we have such freedom to just pick what we want each month, so it's it's never a chore. It's, it's something fun to do. I'm not saying that what we did before was a chore, but it was something we had to remember to do. And, and Roger, you're, like, you're right, it was like being in school. But this is this is just really cool. We can use whatever resources we've got, and you know, people like Bookshare. They can go out and read something from Bookshare. I mean, it's got endless bunches of stuff on it. Yeah, speaking of Bookshare, I'm reading a trilogy. I just started the first one. Well, there, it's three books, but there's only one person I've been able to find on Amazon or anywhere that will recommend what order they're supposed to be read. But they're by Simon Ings. They're a post cyberpunk. Um, set of books uh, called Headlong, Hot Wire, and Hot Head. Hot Wire is the third one, according to the order that this guy on Amazon. And it's a lot about AIs breaking out. And, well, as the one, as Hot Wire says, hot um, thinking cities and mad orbital AIs. So if that's not a kind of thing, but Bookshare doesn't have that one yet. I'm scanning it for Bookshare. But it has the other two, Headlong and hot head uh, but as I said I don't think you have to read them in any particular order 
Um, but we have to talk about our next meeting. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be here because I'm going to be traveling. I'm not sure when I'm leaving for my Pennsylvania visit, but our family reunion is on the second Saturday of August, and our meeting would be on the Thursday before that if we normally if we have it at the normal date. Um, so I may, may I might be on the Greyhound bus or sitting in Pittsburgh. You know, after I have gotten there, you know, halfway. by then, halfway there. So, um, I don't know if I'll be here or not. So, I don't know. Uh, I can leave earlier, but I can't leave later. So, do we want to have a meeting next month? or Yes. Yes? Okay. I think we have a yes. Well, here's my deal. Oh, I hope you guys can still hear me. I don't know what happened there, but um, I may be either... With no internet because I'm in my new place or in my new place with internet. So uh, we can have the meeting, which is fine, but I might not be there. I don't know. Oh, well, I can do it on my iPhone, although I echo on there, so you probably don't want me to come that. Anyway, I can be there or not. Uh, the date for it would be the 10th of August because I looked it up just now. Um I could record it with Studio Recorder, so that would be real easy to do from here. But if we're going to have a couple of people who aren't going to be here, um, we might have to just wait until s September, I think, unless we can find another week to do it in. Well, we have several interesting books that were presented here to look at, so I would uh, be inclined to say let's skip August and meet in September. A lot of good books to talk about. Marshall and Roger and Anne, are you? Do you have any uh, ideas? Well, I um, really don't have any opinion because I just came in tonight. But um, you could either do it on the seventeenth or the twenty-fourth or whatever, um, or you could just wait and do it in September. You know, it doesn't matter to me. Um, but speaking of recording, I mean, I assume somebody records these for the uh, the archive. So, um, you know, they they put them up depending on when you get your recording to um, to Jim Ruby. Um, you know, they're they're recorded anyway, um, unless you guys don't do that. I don't know. Well, if everybody is just going to show up, bring their own book, have a bring your own book format again. I'm not really sure that it is necessary that certain people be here next time or not, except that um, I suppose it would be nice to have somebody who knows how to record it and upload it to the Accessible World Archives, which I don't know how to do. But um, to be honest, I had so many books in mind that I could have talked about tonight and I was restricted to picking one that I have a whole, still have a whole bunch in mind that I might be able to show up next time and pick out one for but I really can't predict whether I'm going to be here by then or not though okay here I can leave a day early uh, and I can be at my mom's place on Thursday evening. So why don't we just have the meeting? Because, you know, we all will have more than one book 
and we may even be able to get to more than one if you know if there's time and if people want to do that uh the only reason I did that was to make sure that everybody would get a chance to come in and somebody didn't say, well, I have a different one and now I have another. and you know. But I don't want to make that a formal restriction. I just want to encourage people to uh, make sure that everybody gets a chance to participate. That's the only reason I said that. But I don't think we have to have just one book as long as people are feel that they have gotten a chance to say what they want to say. So why don't we just have the next meeting on August 10th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and I'll put the news... Well, see, I record the meetings, and I put them in a Dropbox folder for Bob, and he uploads them to um, Jim. He sends them to Jim. Uh, so that, that's a system that's worked out for, for years now, so we'll just keep doing it that way. And so we will meet on August 10th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and we will bring our own books again, since it seems to be a popular format, and more people showed up this time than ever for quite a long time. So that's it for this month. Thanks, and we'll see you next month, hopefully.